Welcome to the Home Hour. I'm Kirsten. And I'm Graham. We're two moms aspiring to create elegant spaces and gracious homes while dealing with real life schedules, budgets, and children. Stick with us and we'll share and show what we know, what we've learned, where we've messed up, and how to fix it. For everything we can't make up, we'll bring in the best experts we can find. On today's episode, we're talking about opening our homes to visitors. This week's podcast is all about house guests. We'll chat about how to welcome house guests into your house, how to be a good house guest when you're the one visiting, and how small details can create welcoming feelings. Plus, billiard tables versus dining room tables, our future careers in the exciting Murphy bed industry, and the most offensive hostess gift in the history of time. All that and more on today's episode of The Home Hour. Welcome home. Welcome home, Graham. Welcome home, Kirsten. And welcome everyone to the home hour. And today when we say welcome, we really mean welcome home. Um, Today we're talking about house guests. We love it. Having people in our home is just so exciting. And we thought we would just share with everyone what we're doing. Um, It's that time of year also for some of you who are starting to think about the holidays and Thanksgiving's coming up, Christmas, and that season's coming up. So we just kind of wanted to chat about our homes and what we do to prepare for people who are coming into town and just kind of cover all the different issues regarding having other people in your home for an extended period or even a short period. Totally. No, and it's funny because when we first said that this was going to be a topic for the show, I was kind of like, really? Is that a whole show, House Guest? And as I molded over it and as I thought about it, I thought, you know what? It is really one of the trickiest things we navigate in the world of hospitality, in the world of gracious living, in the world of like being a homeowner and being a friend and just being, you know, someone who, uh, you know, just travels, welcomes people to their home. It's a, it's a, multifaceted beast. So there's lots to talk about. Do you get a pit in your stomach before people come to visit? Not in a bad way, but do you get that kind of nervous feeling before, like before you're about to host a party and you know, before everyone's about to arrive, like, how's it going to go? I get that before house guests come. Yeah, for sure. For sure. It's just, it's well, and I feel like I get that before going to someone's house. I want to make sure, um, I want to make sure I'm doing a good job as a guest. And we researched uh, a little bit for this episode and, there's just as many things written on being a good guest as being good host. So we'll tackle this subject from both sides of that. So that'll be fun. So Graham, let's start with talking about our actual homes. What is your guest room situation like in your home? Ooh, that's and I'm like, going to pretend I have never stayed in your home. <laughs> that's actually a really good question because for this is the first time. I mean, we have lived many places, so I can speak to never even having a guest room. You know, I have multiple blow up mattresses in my house for whatever kind of situation we have. I mean, we've had homes for many years that didn't even have a guest space, you know, so we've had definitely people sleeping on sofas and sleeping in, you know, just little nooks and crannies wherever they can. But we hit the guest room jackpot in this house. I have to say, like, honestly, Harrison and I sometimes think like it's a treat for us to sleep in the guest room. And sometimes we'll give each other like, hey, you've had a really tough week. Like, do you want to go sleep in the guest room tonight? And it's like, really? <laughs> like, honestly, it's almost as if I'm giving him a present sometimes or he's giving me a present because it's so awesome. So for those of you who don't know, our house is very spread out. It's all in one level. Um, it's very long and spread out. And our guest room is about as far as you can get on the other side of our house. So it is just 
bar. It is it is a ways it's away. It's private. It's very private. You're giving your guests like a legit space of their own in your house. Right. And I mean, I which honestly, not a lot of people get to do. No, your, your layout is very conducive to having guests. Right. We've never had a situation like this, but our guest room is on the complete polar opposite of our house. You know, we have kind of a sliding door that we use to keep kiddos out. Um, it's just it's a big space. I think the people before us built it because they assumed that their mother in law, um, they were South American and that their mother in law was going to come live there. And unfortunately, they had to move before it was ever utilized. So we kind of moved into an unfinished well, it wasn't terribly unfinished, but a very more raw space. But it has kind of a little half kitchenette area, full bathroom. It's quite spacious. And it has a big closet in there where sometimes I put, you know, babies in cribs and that kind of thing. And so it's or it, or co-hosts or, or you co-hosts. put your co-hosts in there. Let's just be honest. I've had to sleep in the closet. I've right. slept in Graham's guest room closet. As she's bragging about her amazing guest space. Guess where I was, people. And also you had a you had a I'm, I'm, I'm very curious about this sliding door you had to keep kiddos out because I will tell you it doesn't keep kittens out at five in the morning they managed to get in well no what I'm saying is technically the kittens are aside to your side of the house so basically oh, okay. you're right so, okay. you're I see. so they were they were in a, they were an amenity is what you're saying right they're an amenity it's totally true so we you know it's neat I mean you have your own little sink you have your own little kind of bar space no, that is it is great it's fabulous space you're we very have a fortunate. spot for a little fridge or something but we haven't gotten around to buying one um you know I mean it's it's not decorated the way I'd love to have it decorated, but it is a nice roomy space such that if you woke up in the morning, you could go down and get yourself a cup of coffee and you could, you're, if you had little kids staying, you could go and make a lot of noise in the kitchen and we would never be the wiser. So we're, we're very, very happy with our guest room. In fact, it might be the, it might be the crown jewel of our home. <laughs> and also um, the most underutilized la- room. <laughs> right. Well, our last house was a little bit similar to like th- to that as well because our last house was a um, multi-level. And part of it was subterranean, and there was one bedroom that was like below the ground. So let me just tell you, it was the sleep-in bedroom. I slept in that room. Best- Yes. Dude, didn't you just sleep like a baby? Because oh. it doesn't get a lot of light. You could just sleep in and there's something about it. Just, it was quiet. It was a great, great room. Oh, you so we and had a, you know, an ensuite bath and um, now it was, you know, next to the kitchen. So it wasn't quite as amazing as yours, but it was a good, good guest space. Now our guest space is right off the kitchen and um, it's the guest room slash laundry room slash office slash storage room um our guest room situation is not as great as it used to be and 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 i really struggle with the guest room space because we don't have a ton of square footage and i know that saying a ton of square footage is relative because people live in different parts of the country and different size homes but as far as like the way we live and the way we use our space like my boys share a room my husband works from home a lot we don't have a home office it would be very nice to use that square footage in another way but I feel like we have enough guests coming that we can't give it up. Like we have to have a guest room. You know, Seriously? my parents. Well, my parents live two hours away, which means right. they're here a lot. But it's like it's just far enough where like they don't want to drive or I guess. Well, they're three hours away, I guess. So it's it's enough where like they don't some days they'll do day trips, but they come often because they're close. But they don't come for day trips that often. Usually they spend the night. So we definitely have my parents. My husband has a big family. So so we do use it. And then we also live in Phoenix, which we'll get to in a minute as far as where you live and how often you have guests over based on if you live in a desirable location as far as um, 
you know, as far as uh, people coming to visit where you live, not because of you, but because of your location. And that sometimes means your guest room is more in demand. But uh, yeah, so we kind of feel like we can't get rid of it. But man, we would love to get rid of it and use it for something else, you know? Yeah. No, we but, think about it as like we don't have a playroom in the house. So it would be great if we could just kind of make it an older kid playroom type thing. But then we think, oh, well, what do we do? But the truth is we added it up. I think we did a little survey before this. We've had like three guests in the past seven or eight months. So it's a, I mean, that's a lot of space to leave for such a short period of time. So I think that's something to consider when designing a home, for example, is are there any other ways? Is there anything you can do to like maximize and utilize that space? Like we've thought about, we have a big four poster bed in there right now, but maybe a Murphy bed, right? So we Okay. Can... Okay. I'm so happy you said the word Murphy bed. Why don't, why does why everyone don't love Murphy people, bed? Why don't more people use Murphy beds? Agreed. Well, we haven't okay. discussed this. They're genius. Okay. Let's no, no, no. I have had this thought so many times because my husband's like, I need a home office. I need a home office. And we, too, have a four-poster bed in our guest room, which not only just takes up as much room as a bed, but just those posters make it feel like they're, you know, it just makes it feel like it's taking the entire room. Um, and we've talked about that as well. But uh, I will we need say. To stop podcasting and do a nice designer Murphy bed company, honestly. Okay. All right. Well, thanks for listening, guys. Graham and I will have to start <laughs> a Murphy bed company and follow us over at, at Murphy Beds Home Hour. No, it's totally true because we rented a house when we were remodeling and it had a Murphy bed. And I will tell you, sleeping in a Murphy bed does feel a little bit like your Dracula. There's something about the bed coming out of the wall <laughs> that did not, it did not like inspire confidence. Wait, you like, didn't like something it? about it. No, it was super creepy. Because you feel like super. you're going to flip back up into the wall? Yeah, like maybe that's it. Maybe something about, I don't know. It's not, it's not, it's not cozy. I'll tell you that. But, but because nobody's a making a good Murphy bed is what I'm saying. Right. Like it's an right. untapped market. Like you need a Murphy bed that builds in nicely with like a beautiful, like a built-in kind of bookshelf surrounding it. That's a well Right, but then every time you pull down the bookshelf, all the books would fall. That's no, the no, problem. No. So the, you have. The bookshelf flanks the Murphy bed. I don't know. You could do yeah, anything. No. It's it's trust me, Graham. I, this is not my first time first time toying with the idea of a Murphy bed company. <laughs> no, because they are fabulous. But no, it, it they're not as easy as I think you would think they would be to incorporate in decor. But they are the most genius invention in the world. Yeah, I agree. Well, if we could solve Agreed. this problem, I think it would be We've very solved helpful. It to people um i think it's one time there was an episode of scooby-doo where they were sleeping in a murphy bed and they like slammed back up into the wall and i think we're all scarred for that as children <laughs> i really think i remember that we digress guys we digress we, um let's kind of but it is about... i think it's a home hour that or a homeowner that is um well, we get a lot of design questions, and technically, we are listed in the design section on iTunes. Um, and so our show is about design, and yet there's so many people. Like, I have a bunch of friends who are actually ditching their their dining rooms, like their formal dining rooms, and just saying, listen, that is such an underutilized space in a house. It's such, like, almost an antiquated um notion you know we don't we don't use our formal dining room very much and yet we have it and you know if you're talking about like getting the most out of your space i think people are moving just in lots of different directions so i think guest no. rooms can be utilitarian i think dining rooms could i mean we have a friend who took out the dining room table and put in a pool table what do you think of that well uh you know what you know what i actually i i would support that and you know why it's because we used to have a pool table and you can buy an insert, like very, very inexpensive. You can buy a plywood insert for your for your pool table. 
You put a plywood. Oh, yes. Or you can just put your ping pong table inserted in it. But uh, but no, you put a tablecloth on that and you have a like in a pinch, you have a dining room table like we used it as a buffet serving table. Oh, so, you know, if you re- no, no, it's it's like a real thing. So if you if you ever if you have a, you know, a need for that space and you've you've devoted it suddenly to billiards, you can always go back. But you can't play billiards on a dining room table. But yes, take the, that to the bank, Graham. The question then and is And then what if you does... turn it into a Murphy bed, then you're golden. And how do you cover the dartboard that you'd also put in the same room? That's the other question. Guys, we got to get back. We got to get back. Okay, to the, house guests. House guests. Focus, Kirsten. Focus. Focus. Okay, so let's talk about house guest etiquette. Okay. Okay, so our good friend Lizzie Post over the Emily Post Institute, we talk about Emily Post a lot. We love her. We've got some do's and don'ts. So this is for the guests. So let's start this from the guest perspective, I guess. Make your visits short and sweet. The name of this episode was house guests, fish and other things that stink after three days. And that comes from that famous quote from Benjamin Franklin. Um, But short and sweet. So keep your visit to no more than three nights. Bring your own toiletries, clean up after yourself, keep your bathroom clean. Basically, I've, I've looked on a lot of websites and they all sort of say the same thing, which is be invisible. You know, just just try to keep your presence minimum, offer to help, be adaptable, be ready for anything or nothing. Um, show that you're enjoying yourself. Be a good guest. Um, offer to pitch in financially uh, for groceries or treat your guests to dinner or treat your host to dinner one night. I mean, they are saving you money. Um, bring a little gift. Send a gift after you've been there and send a handwritten thank you note. So those are the do's. And then the don'ts from Emily Post were do not ask to bring your pet. If you must travel with your pet, ask if there's like a kennel in the area. And of course, then that gives your host the option to open up and invite your pet if they wish, but you don't ask. Um, and then don't accept an invitation from someone else during your visit without checking with your hosts. And <laughs> sorry, I'm sorry. I got to stop you. So what? my cousin is a vet. I love her. I'm not sure if she listens to the show, but she's really cool. And so like it. if you're a vet, you get like a free pass on bringing animals, right? Wouldn't you say? So... She's always asking if she can bring like her dogs and her dogs are huge. And everyone's like, yeah, totally. You can bring your dogs. And I think her dogs are really big. They're like German shepherds or something really large. And she's like, they're really sweet. They're therapy animals. And basically these dogs show up and they just tear apart the house. Like they're absolutely wild and crazy. And finally I realized her dogs were in therapy. Like (laughs) they were. (laughs) Stop it. (laughs) It was nuts. I mean, absolutely nuts. Okay. Keep going. So don't bring your pets. Don't bring your pets, especially if they're in therapy. Let them stay with their therapist. Um, but don't accept an invitation for someone else during your visit without checking first with the host. So that's a very interesting one. Let's get to that in a minute. Don't use your host's phone, computer, any other equipment without asking. Don't use more than your share of hot water. I mean, genius. And don't. See, how do you get away with snoop. that? I do. Okay. I snoop sometimes. I, um, I, I, I was actually saying Graham. I think Emily Post said Graham. Don't <laughs> snoop. I snoop. I need a long shower every now and then. It's kind of a quiet space. (laughs) And then what was the other one? Don't accept an invitation from someone else. And I think that right there without asking the host first. So like, see, and that's a problem I have. Like I'll be in Phoenix and I'll be like, let's call some other people I know in Phoenix. (laughs) Can we have one over to your house? I think that what I've read from all these different articles right about being a good host and being a good guest, really what it comes down to is like communication and expectations. Because I think really like, do you, am I coming 
you know, to your city to see you or am I coming to do other things that I'm staying with you? You know, how much of our how much of your time is expected to be dedicated to me? Does that make sense? Totally. It does make sense. I, and I think that's like, you know, if, if somebody's like, I cleared my schedule and you're doing all these other things. Mm-hmm. No, no, no. Well, I was just staying with you. You know, I wasn't visiting you. And then um, and then also just communication about, oh, wait, I thought you were popping in for a night. Not okay, well, weeks. then let's so, I, I guess I have a question for you. One of the top roles. Mm-hmm. I'd like your opinion on this. So obviously I'm here in Alabama. It takes a little bit of an effort to get up to New York to see my parents. But parents are kind of an interesting question, right? Because I guess we assume as children that, you know, we have free reign. It's our house. We can go back. We can kind of do whatever. And I feel like I will go to visit my parents, but then I'll also kind of make my own social agenda while I'm home. You know, I'll go and see other people and see my old friends and, you know, kind of just bop off on my own, like use their cars, go whatever. Do you think I'm being rude when I'm doing that? Like, do you think I should try to, I'm not very good about scheduling as much time, I guess, as I should with my parents. Do you think that's possibly something that I should, like for people who are going home to stay with their parents, do you think there's kind of any etiquette rules of about that? I think that's a whole, oh, that's a tough one. That's a big one because I have a sister-in-law who grew up here and she lives in Texas now. And when she comes back, I know she feels um, like she should see friends and she should see family and we have a big family and so many events. So that's a tough one. That's tricky. I I don't know the answer to that. I think it's, but I think it kind of comes again back to like managing expectations saying, you know, these are the four friends who've reached out to me and I want to try to connect with. You know, and I have friends who come back because um, I live in the town I grew up in and I have friends who will come back for the holidays. And obviously the majority of their time is devoted to family time, but mm-hmm. we always schedule a dinner or whatever. But it's I think it's just about before the whole trip starts being very clear on what your goals of the trip are so that everyone's starting from you know a place of understanding the other person's needs. I think that's a good point. I've tried lately to kind of make and give my parents an agenda before I arrive. Like I will be going here on this night. I'll be going here on this night, but we can eat dinner together here, which sounds makes me sound terrible. Like I'm out all the time, but I don't get home as much as I'd like to. And I think a lot of people are potentially in that situation if you don't live near your parents, but that might be also some place you grew up. And so you kind of want to balance, you know, going to your favorite stores that make you feel special when you're home. I mean, it it is, there's something about going home, especially around this time of year where you kind of want to maybe, or maybe you even want to show your kids some things. And I guess you can always Mm. bring your parents along with you, but I just know when I go home, I have a lot of things I want to accomplish. Right. Right. It's a bustling time of year. Yeah. No, I think that's one of the biggest things. So, and, and also that was an interesting point because I do live I live in my hometown. My parents are the ones who moved away. So I'm in probably a different situation than a lot of people. But um, it's an interesting point you brought up about going back to visit your parents and wanting to be with your parents, but also going back to your hometown and wanting to enjoy that. But I have another interesting situation, which is I live in a very um, desirable vacation zone. I'm in Phoenix and people come here in the spring a lot. People come in the winter. Um, Scottsdale's a big, you know, uh, a lot of people come for business conferences. So we get you know, random people all the time who are like, Hey, I'm in town for a conference, which is so fun. It's a great thing to get to have people coming, but that, that also makes it a little bit like, I feel like I'm always on vacation and like being on vacation is exhausting. (laughs) I mean, it's a blast. Don't get me wrong, but 
Right, you have a lot of sporting to, events. I've, I mean, I've got I've got a podcast. I've got three kids. I've got to now build a Murphy bed company with Graham. Like, I don't <laughs> have time to be on vacation 24 hours a day. Right, because you really are expected. Um, let's talk about this. When you have house guests, I make an agenda, again, before they come, right, of things we can do. So if there's a dead spot, I always have a list of, you know, five places we can go. And I make it, like, based on weather, too. So we have a we have an end because, you know, what happens if they're coming for a weekend and it's a rainy Saturday? You know what? Do, I mean, because this this town, I think, is best showcased on the sunny, lovely day of which we have a lot of. I mean, you don't really have to deal with that as much. But I mean, oftentimes you've got people in town and you're you're saying, OK, I've got to totally pull the plug on this, you know, downtown stroll to a farmer's market we were going to take and we were going to take your kids to this darling park and they could run around. And then all of a sudden you've got to say, OK, we've got a segue. Right. So kind of one tip I do, I guess, is I always make like a rainy day, sunny day agenda. You know what? That's actually really funny because we do live in a town. I Again, I live in Phoenix, Arizona. It's sunny 99.9% of the time. But when the Super Bowl was in town about two years ago, we had friends come in who were huge Patriot fans. They came in to see the Super Bowl because the Patriots were playing. And um we brought them to this restaurant specifically for the views. It was, I think, the most fog in my entire memory of living here my whole life that I've ever seen. We're like, I promise, gorgeous views. If you could just imagine, we'll right. send you pictures. Of- yeah, I mean, it, weather, you, you got to be flexible. I think that's another thing, too, both as a host and a guest, just kind of keeping a flexible attitude, going with the flow. Um, just it, Again, it's like graciousness and... I mean, this really might need to be two episodes because then I'm thinking like about cars, right? When you have families that visit you with small children and you've got your children, I mean, you almost need some sort of touring bus to get everyone around. What do you do when people fly in, you know, you pick them up from the airport and then they've got their small kids with them and you're having to like, do you store extra car seats in your house to add to the, you know, to have a Oh, I feel like... I feel like I have hundreds of car seats, like car seats are not a problem. But yeah, we've gotten to the point now where it is kind of crazy because, you know, we've got three kids. Our friends have two kids, three kids. And we really realized, OK, we're we're caravanning. We're caravanning. Right. So, you want to move everyone around efficiently. Um, yeah, so that's, that's a tricky thing. Um, yep. What is your best yep. story of being a house guest? Has there ever been any place that you just never wanted to leave? You felt like it was a hotel. Graham's closet, for sure. <laughs> The air mattress in your closet. Um, goodness, that's a great question. Mm. I, I could tell one. I think one time you and I remember our first spring break that we went on, or maybe it was reading days in college. And we went to, we ended up going with some random boys. Um, <gasps> oh, to South Carolina. To, yes. Let's go back there. I don't, let's, let's, let's revisit there. that. And I think that was, they had a bunk room before anyone else had a bunk room. And it was me, Kirsten, and another college roommate. I don't know what it was about that house, but the mom was adorable. The setting was adorable. And I just remember thinking, if you would adopt me, I would stay in this house forever and ever. Like, I think I even woke up and took a stroll out on their dock or something. And yeah, they lived in like a magical place, though. They lived in like, like a South Pat Carolina Conroy novel. Well, it was like the South Carolina. <laughs> Conway, Conroy, who's the guy who wrote Prince of Tides? Yeah, Pat Conroy. It was, it was, yeah, it was very like, it was, it was an incredible house. So, so, okay, well, that's cheating, man. If you live in like a magical place, like, of course, I never want to leave your magical place. Of course, of course. Um, 
But even the yeah. mom was sweet. It was one of those things where you'd come in and she was kind of, you had been out doing something interesting or, you know, the guys had taken us out in a boat or we were crabbing or we were shrimping or whatever it was we were doing. It was um, the first time I tried boiled peanuts. We were probably peeling boiled peanuts on rocking chairs on the dock. I mean, it was like classic Southern, just charming. It was everything lovely about the South. Right. But wait, so let's dissect that, Graham. What was it that made the mom charming? Because now, now, hey, sorry to tell you, we're not the cute college girls anymore. We're the mom. I know. So what do we, how do we be the mom that makes people well I'll enjoy, tell you this I'll tell you there is something about when you walk into the house and there's like somebody ready to receive you right like I feel like we walked into the house and the mom she had out like some you know some snacks for us and she was completely ready for us and I bet she was absolutely thrilled the fact that like her son and two other guys had brought home these you know three college girls for their first ever spring break you know she was probably like I want to know every moment of what's going on but I love the fact that the house was warmed up you know the lights were on she had a candle going she had you know, just some snacks out. You just felt so casual and at home. And I think background music, I'm a huge fan of background music. You are um, a fan of background music. Yeah, yeah I know you're right. But you're right, though. It's like when you go to a hotel and you check in and, and randomly you're surprised. I We went, the last hotel I went to was in New Mexico. And we go and check in and the the, uh, the man at the counter said, uh, would you like a welcome margarita? And I'm like, well, yes, I would. <laughs> and it was, <laughs> I'm like, it was just like, you know, I didn't I didn't know welcome margarita was coming, but what a treat, right? So what a um treat. yeah. What a treat. So so I think there's something about the welcome margarita. I think there's something about the like we have been excited for you to come and just making people feel like their visit means something to you and you're you know, you're welcoming them with something special. You've taken a little bit of care to to make a nice mm-hmm. Well, and, and also I, there's something about someone manning the ship, right? It's the same concept of when you walk into a hotel and you're like, oh, someone's here to receive me and it just feels warm and there's activity and vibrancy. And I think so many times I, as a mom, walk into my house and I'm just, it's dark and it's, you know, I've got to turn on the lights. I've got to like, you know, I've got to warm up the house, right? I always yep. loved coming home and my mom was just there for me, you know, like she was there and she was waiting and the house was kind of waiting and it was just this very peaceful feeling of like, I have been received into this home and I don't know, just always has stuck with it's me. Just, it's just, well, it's kind of, ho- ho- you know, um, hostessing 101, you know, it's just making people feel welcome from the minute they walk in your door, whether it's the lighting or the music or a nice temperature or a nice smell, you know, and ooh, seasonal, like a seasonal smell. I mean, come on. I know, that, it's that, time to break out mulling yeah. spices and all that kind of it's stuff. It's time. Oh, especially the holidays. Like, I wanted to feel like the start of a Christmas movie. Like, I want, like, the, you know, great Christmas soundtrack in the background or the great, you know, just Thanksgiving fall leaves crunching. You know, you, you've got to, like, do stuff to create that feeling for people. So, so okay. it feels welcoming. Okay, so let's get really down and dirty. Let's do some practical must-dos. Like, give okay. me the... Bullet points, Graham. Someone's coming. What do you do okay. to prepare for guests? Someone's coming. All right. Someone's coming. Uh, wait, someone's coming. Quick, hurry, hurry, What's hurry. <laughs> to the Murphy bed. <laughs> Wouldn't it be funny if you put the kids in the Murphy bed and let them just like jump out when someone folded it down? That would be hilarious. All right. So obviously change the sheets, prepare the bathroom. You want fresh towels out. I love leaving um, bathrobes. We're a huge bathrobe family. Like every single person in my family loves. Wait, you've got spare bathrobes for guests. Oh, we have like a thousand spare bathrobes. That is our favorite thing in the world. The kids like get a bathrobe every year. We we have seasonal bathrobes, not just that. Like we have a bathrobe. Seriously? Oh, yeah. Oh, that's yeah, a yeah. cute. That's cute. That's cute. I, I like that. I can get on board with that. I love it. And I love the idea. Like, you know, you have a 
happy guest when they feel comfortable enough to come downstairs or, you know, we don't have a downstairs really, but come into the kitchen in the morning wearing their bathrobe. That's like, I know I've done a good job and the party's rolling when someone comes out in their bathrobe rather than getting dressed. Right. So see, if I'm a guest, I will just, I pack, I travel with my bathrobe. So I'll come out in the morning on Saturday in my PJs and my bathrobe. You know what? That's okay. That's a big question. Cause I always, I always feel like if I'm at your house, I'm fine in my bath, in my pajamas, but, um, is that okay? Am I totally inappropriate? I mean, my pajamas are like, I mean, I wouldn't, I would guess pajamas, you know, you're not, I'm not talking about anything inappropriate, but just, is that okay? That's a good one. But that's interesting. So you have guest pajamas. Okay. So that's something. No, no, no. Well, I mean, well, I mean, I I mean, what I'm saying is like appropriate guest pajamas is what I'm saying as opposed to like a nightgown or something. And that's a little bit, a little bit more like maybe not appropriate for public. Right. Totally. Right. But I love the bathrobe because then it's like, listen, I gave you the bathrobe. You're welcome. You know, you know, just you're fine. Grab so a cup of coffee. So you're saying you're not coming out in like a silk camisole? <laughs> no, I'm just. <laughs> All right. The other things that I do is I make sure, you know, that everybody has their appropriate bedding and that everyone is warm. I hate being cold at night. So I have like tons of blankets. And then Love checking on dietary restrictions because people these days. The other thing that I think is really important is like the morning. I'm a big morning person. So. I need everyone to tell me what they want in their coffee or their tea or whatever it is. Like, that's very important because I think a lot of Graham, people. That's a, yeah, that's a good one. That's really huge because I take my coffee black and it's a it's a gap in my hostessing because I just forget. I forget yeah. that people are like, no, no, cream and sugar. I you do know? Too. Well, and the problem is, is I don't use the artificial sweeteners. Um, and so I don't even really buy them because it's more than I need. So I need to know to go to Starbucks to, like, grab a handful. You know what I have? I have, um, I call it my, my pop-ups coming mason jar and I have a mason jar full of all of pop-ups favorite coffee additives, like a sweet low, whatever. And when he comes, I just pull out the mason jar and I put it on the counter next to the coffee machine and, uh, and you just, it's ready to go. Right. Like I know my sweet mother-in-law, like she likes a specific creamer. And so if I can find it, I do my best if we travel together or whatever it is. And I'm in charge of groceries, like to make sure she has the creamer she wants. And that's that's very day, that starts your day off right or wrong. Oh, totally. Totally. That's very thoughtful. That's the system going to um, making sure people have drawer space, closet space, those kind of things. Um, and then I'm trying to think, yep. I'm just trying to think of the happiest thing when I was little and we'd go to my grandpa's house and grandma and grandpa's house in South Carolina. My grandpa would always put a bowl of fruit in our room, which I just I don't know. To to this day, it makes me smile. It was like a bowl of apples and grapes and oranges. And to me, as a little girl, I thought it was the most exotic thing I'd ever seen. And I would. Yeah. And like I would I didn't even know if I even wanted to eat all the fruit, but it was so interesting to have it up in my room that I would like devour it. Um, And so I always think it's good to leave like a few snacks in a guest room. um, Yeah. No, I think that's really nice. Yeah. So they don't have to ask for anything one of my big things is on a guest room bed. Mm-hmm. I do a bunch of pillows because there's nothing worse than being a hard pillow person and having oh, like yeah. a soft squishy pillow or being a soft squishy pillow person having a hard pillow. So I try to do like three different types of pillows. And honestly, it, this is a bed you make what, like six times a year. It's a pain, but like, it's fine. You know what I mean? Cause what you've done for your guest is just giving them a good night's sleep, which is as we all know, a game changer. You so do. you have do. excellent pillows on your bed. Where do you get your well, pillows? Thank you. Uh, you know where I get my pillows? I get my pillows at Target. Yes. I do. Okay, Target so. has an excellent selection of pillows. They do. Because mm-hmm. I was buying mine from Frontgate for a while, but they're fortunate. And I was like, oh, yeah, good pillows. No, for I me, spend a lot of money else. on sheets, but pillows, Target is 
they're fabulous. They're great. I love, I love Target pillows. And then the other thing is my husband and I know quite well because of our remodel, we ended up living in our guest room for about seven months. So we know our guest room's comfortable. Like we have fully tried it out. We know the lighting situation. We know when the sun comes in, we know the bed is good. So uh, I think that is a good tip though, is when we first, we first moved in and I will give my husband credit because he's the one who suggested it. But he said, we have to go sleep in our guest room before we have any guests come to make sure it works. That's like rule number one. You must sleep in your guest room. If you've never taken your guest room for a test run, mm-hmm. go take it for a test room run. It's and like then a you'll, you'll see. Yeah. Well, <laughs> it's a wonderful thing. No, we love our guest room. But like, so for example, I always ask my guests to like genuinely audit me. And I think people who stay with us are probably pretty comfortable. And I keep getting the same response like, oh man, the light comes in so strong in the morning. Like there's a lot mm-hmm. of light in this guest room. I'm like, yeah, I'm going to get some curtains someday. Someday I'm really yeah. going to get off that. <laughs> But it's very bright in the morning. I think keeping a nice, dark, cool room, that's important. Okay. As I also looked at on the internet, it was it was funny because very quickly, as I just said, I looked on the internet, a lot of things have become outdated because, you know, they're like, leave a pamphlet of a folder of things that are you can do in the neighborhood and you can do in your state or city. But really, like with the internet now, of course, like you don't need as many physical products because so much of that information is available online. However, leaving the Wi-Fi password is the key to that. So make sure that your guests know your address, they know your Wi-Fi passwords, they can call an Uber, um, you know. So anyway, so that's a that's a big one, was making sure that they have the Wi-Fi password and that you know, the internet works. It's not um, it's not blocking anybody or anything like that. So that's, I think... Well, that honestly, goes, I think, into one, one of our questions things. on our outline of what do you wish people would put in their guest rooms? And I think you kind of put in a funny answer. I thought it was pretty funny um, of something that you love whenever you go to hotels. And I think it's kind of a, I mean, it's kooky. I don't know if I'd go as far as to do it, but you put in the binder. Do you want to elaborate? Like what's the binder? Oh no, no. That was when I go to hotel rooms. I love the binder. So (laughs) (laughs) like the tennis courts are located here. Like if you need additional rackets, please see the concierge. side conversation. I don't think that was like for, meant for air. I think that was me just saying, hey, Graham, you know what I love? I love it when I go to hotels. I love just sitting down with the binder and seeing like if I needed to get dry cleaning service, I never have in my entire life on vacation. But if I do, who do I call? Like, or like I love. all the weird things. I love. No, I think we all love the binder. Like I, we all love the binder because you know why? Because it's a life that no one of none of us live. None of us can press star seven and be like, oh, yes, I would need a gluten free meal right now. Along with. <laughs> or I like seeing the random things that they offer. Like I think the yes. last one, this random hotel we were out in the middle of nowhere was like. And if you need rowboats, please see the front desk. And I'm like, wait, I love it. I want a life where I can press a number on my phone as the binder instructs me. And I can know, like, I need a translator today to get me to a horseback riding lesson. You know, like, I want these things available. Like, oh, which is why maybe we shouldn't stay with house guests. Maybe we should just, you know, go to resort, get the binder. Right. Okay. So what are the extras, the super, like, so we talked about the basics you need. Um, what are like if you're being a really fancy hostess, what do you think would be some good things to put in a room? Well, it is so funny because when you look at what to what to do as a good host and what to do as a good guest, they're basically the same thing. So it's sort of like if we both if we all cover all the bases, no one will be without at all. So toiletries, 
They say as a good host, supply toiletries. They say as a good guest, bring your own toiletries. So I think everyone does their part and it's fine. But yeah, I think in case someone drops the ball, you know, have toiletries ready. That's always fun. It's always, I always love things in travel size. Everyone loves everything in mini. You always kind of grab some samples and just have a little basket of shampoo, conditioner, just in case somebody forgets something. Um, if there's, you know, if you don't have a hairdryer, just being very upfront with your guest and saying, you know, here's my hairdryer. Grab it. Make yourself at home. Um, while you're snooping, Graham, that, you know, yeah, I'll just go find the hairdryer. <laughs> yeah. Graham, I don't have to tell you to like make yourself at home, but for most people. So anyway, I think I also like thermostat control. I think it's very nice. Huge. Brilliant. Brilliant. Um, if you just say, listen, like for the couple next couple days, if you just say, you just turn it to where you need to be. That's a big thing for me because we are very temperature driven. I agree. And that, that interferes with sleep, which we've already said is a huge factor of vacationing. Okay, so let's talk about this whole house guest thing kind of on the scope of life and on our ages, right? Mm-hmm. So I feel like there is this sort of element of house guesting or staying with friends versus staying at a hotel where it kind of goes along with your age and your life cycle, right? So in college, in your 20s, the idea of paying for a hotel room is is like like an absurd expense, you know, regardless of how inexpensive the hotel is, like we will never pay for a hotel. Like lodging is free, right? You will not break us. <laughs> you, we will stay on your couch. We're like, we maybe you. we'll stay in your hotel for thirty nine ninety nine a night, but we'll put 10 people in there. We will. Right. So you would not pay for a hotel. And then you sort of, you, you kind of move a little bit past that. And you're like, you know what, this is, you know, obviously, if you've got friends that part of the, the visit to their city is to see them and it's it's a it's an extra fun thing to be their house guest and it does save money and it's great then it works out in your house guest. But there is a point where you're like, I don't need to call a friend of a friend of a friend's cousin to stay on their couch because like I'm an adult now, like you kind of move <laughs> past that. Right. And you're like, I will I will pay for the Holiday Inn Express. I will do this. But then you have children and I feel like we're right back at like the, hey, do you know anyone I can stay with? Because kids do so much better in homes than staying in a hotel room with kids. Totally. So, I mean, my kids are getting older. It's getting more fun. But when you've got babies in a hotel room and they're sleeping and you have to use the hotel pack and play, um, you really realize you're kind of back to house guesting. So can we backtrack kind of for a second? Difficult. Can I tell you yeah. the best yeah. hostess gift from I ever got that from someone who crashed on our couch type thing? We were living in Boston and one of Harrison's friends came to visit us and it happened to be over Valentine's Day weekend. And this guy shows up and like, of course, you know, I mean, I think he had his clothes in like a paper grocery bag and he was just crashing. Like didn't he gave us maybe four hours notice that he was in town, you know, so it was like total preparation. And also he was sleeping on our couch, which was not a pullout and it was actually more of a love seat. So it was just like a disaster. He was sleeping on a chair. Yeah, exactly. And he shows up and he brings me a rose, um, except the rose was one of those roses that you can buy at like a gas station for on Halloween. That's really made out of like a folded up women's thong. Um, like, the, the heart of the rose is like a pair of women's underwear. That, that was, was your hostess gift. That was my hostess gift. Wow. I thought I can know. What right? happened to that man? <laughs> these are motivational stories these are why like as women we say we need to find someone we can settle down with we need a legitimate respectable house and we need a guest room it's because we're tired of getting thong roses <laughs> from people who are totally fine sleeping on our floor oh my goodness oh my goodness okay well graham um I think 
have we talked about house guests enough? There's so much more to say. We, you're we right. Have, I think we need to break this up into two episodes. See, that's the thing. One of our episodes always ends up going long. Right. But we are not actually done yet because we are just about to bring in um, an update. We have not talked to our real life model, Jen Brigham, in quite a while. And guess what? She is here. So we're going to be talking to her and finding out how their model is going. This is the home hour. We do talk about design and we're going to check in with her. So without further ado, Jen Brigham. We've got Jen here. Jen Brigham, a real life guinea pig. Hi guys. She's remodeling. If you guys have not heard about Jen yet, if you've not if you've not heard one of her segments, she is the mother of three, a working mom. She has moved out of her home and it pretty much tore it down to the to the studs and is remodeling. So Jen, we haven't heard from you in a while. What is going on? How is life in a real life remodel? We are hopefully in the ninth inning home stretch. Let's see. It's been over five months. We're creeping onto the six month mark here shortly. And at this point, we want finalization in moving forward. Hmm. That that's hard though when you're feeling like that because it also kind of affects like your willingness to make the right decision or just making the fast decision. Do you ever stress? No, about that? yes, sometimes. But I I always step back and say, okay, big picture. Good. I'm hemming and hoeing and hawing over this. What what's the reality of what kind of a decision I make? I will say though that some decisions have been better than others. For instance, our kitchen cabinets. We chose our kitchen cabinets at the beginning and. We were in awe by price. The cheapest is the best. And we've come to realize through this process that sometimes you pay for what you get. And that couldn't be further from the truth in our cabinets. They were installed. They were a great deal. Um, they could be a fit for some homes, but the reality is we're going to be here for long term. And we, and we know that once we do this, we're not doing it again. So we need to make it right. The kitchen cabinets were installed and I couldn't sleep for three or four days because they just looked cheap. And I'm not, I'm not saying they're custom. I don't need a custom handmade, you know, hand carved engraved cabinets. I just want decent, sturdy looking cabinets, but these were less than that. And I was trying to figure out, I'm like, once you put the cat, the countertops on, once you put the flooring in, th there's no going back. So at one point, I asked our contractor, who is the most honest guy, he's pushed us to spend money in ways that he's like, this is what you need to do. I said, Joe, what is your honest opinion? And he said to me with a long pause, I don't want to hurt your feelings. <laughs> I said, they're that bad. He's like, eh. he goes, I go, what am I going to do? So at some point I thought we're going to have to tear these out. I found out that you can donate cabinets to Habitat for Humanity for a tax write-off, but I was more concerned about the lead time. So we get, what do we do with new cabinets? How long is it going to take? What are they going to do to install it? Cause everything else is going to be halted. You can't do floors. You can't do countertops. You can't do any of that kind of stuff. And so and wait, Graham, and to put this in perspective, I got like a late night text from Jen of like, what do I do? What do I do? Yeah. I'm actually on the edge of my seat listening to the story. Like I was trying well, to, I'm Graham's, fascinating, Jen. Graham's about to do a kitchen model. So she's sitting yeah. here saying, okay, okay. she's having maybe head, not like, the best thing. No. What the heck? So well, it's hard though, because even the cheap ones, here's the reality of this. Cheap, let's put cheap in quotes because cheap cabinets are still expensive. So okay. you, but, it's but all when just, I say cheap, all, I'm yeah. talking about wood versus uh, what's the other stuff? 
Myelmar or whatever. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. And and again, let's go back here. I'm not super crazy fancy here, but no. it's kind of like when you're pregnant, you see every pregnant person and you can tell them about every single car seat. Well, I can tell you about every single cabinet and who knew there were all these options. So my contractor was like, Jen, we're going to get through this. It's going to be fine. He's like, Jen, a box is a box with a cabinet. It doesn't matter Every, it doesn't matter what, how you go, unless you're going super, super, super custom, the box is always going to be the same. He's like, let's get someone out here. So we got a, a guy who refinishes, um, cabinet, uh, doors and drawers. He came over and he's like, you guys, this is an easy fix. So we're taking off all of the doors and all of the drawer fronts and we're replacing them and we're putting additional paneling on the sides. We're putting some like legs on the island. Now, I will say the cost to do that was equivalent to what we spent on the cabinets. However, the total cost, I may actually be a genius in the end because maybe this is what everyone should do. You know, like get the cheap boxes and That's then actually fascinating because it's right. It's not the behind the scenes that matters. No. It's the frontage. It's exactly. the real estate. And so yeah. it is, it's the real estate. Yeah. So the great thing is, is that we're able to move forward with the project and these fronts can go on at any time they've been ordered, but it doesn't delay any sort of process. So I, you know, you want to save money. That's, that's what I would say. Buyer beware. You pay for what you get. There's a reason why certain items are more expensive than others and everyone has a budget. But if you can be mindful and spend your money in smart ways, there are certain things you need to do that on. So that's that's one of the biggest lessons I've learned. And thankfully, we're able to correct this this problem. And and let's it's not a problem in the big grand scheme of things. We're getting a brand new kitchen with a brand new house. But it was a bummer at the time because I'm I felt paralyzed by it. I was like, what are we going to do? No, totally. But it does sound like you've made lemonade out of lemons. OK, so now. So, helps. Graham, when you remodel, <laughs> if you remodel your kitchen. I say go the cheap route and then reface it with cabinets. <laughs> and reface. I mean, that, I don't know if thank, I've ever thank me heard later. that. I will. I mean, I think there's thousands of people thanking you right now. I think everyone listening to this show is like, or oh, never thought of that idea. I know. I certainly never thought of that. Or maybe what you should do if you are about to remodel, really think long and hard. Why are you remodeling your cabinets? Is it because you don't like the exterior look of them? Are they in pretty good condition? But maybe that's what you just need. Maybe you just need a resurface of the cabins. If it's more of like a layout and drawers versus, mm, you know, uh, cabinets. I mean, you know, but who knows? Maybe that's what your solution should be versus trying to just gut the entire kitchen. That's really smart, Jen. Okay, so we so I'm glad you you fixed the kitchen situation. Now tell us your other your other big question. So wallpaper. Fun, I, yeah, so I'd say fun, the fun stuff. So wallpaper. I love wallpaper. I know maybe it's a fad, maybe it's not, but it's always been around. It comes in and out, and I really wanted to use it somewhere in the house. And we did it in one of my girls' room, and I love it. Like if anyone's wondering if you should do it or not, it gives a pop of interest that I think is great. I think it's so fun. So I'm trying to figure out where I can do that in other places. And I'm like, ooh, maybe I should just sit back and relax. Think about this. Let's get everything in. And then from there, if I want to add wallpaper, I can. However, I will tell you, the installer, I mean, our house, if you went today, you'd be like, wow, you put wallpaper up now? It's kind of a little early. But he's he's like, in order to do it really right, if you're going to plan ahead, you want to put the wallpaper up and then put on the border or your baseboard, mm -hmm. because then it's like a seamless, like crisp, clean transition from the wallpaper to the baseboard. Right. But I think that's still like 
the optimum, but at the same time, if you're debating between do I do the cheap cabinets that I'm going to live with for 20 years or do I wait five years and then do wallpaper and do the right cabinets? Right, right. I, th- I think yeah. like you can make the baseboard situation work. Like but that's not a huge deal. You everyone know? You raves. Can always add wallpaper. So we did the regular wallpaper, but everyone raves about this um, removable. And people, if I can do it, you can do it. You can install this stuff. It doesn't ruin your walls, and it's supposed to be amazing. Wait, what are you talking about? It's removable. removable wallpaper, right? Why do I not know about this? I I don't know, but um, a great. Uh, they get nothing for this, but Spoonflower is a great website. It has so many different wallpaper. Okay, we'll link to that in the show notes for sure. Spoonflower? Yeah, spoonflower.com, mm-hmm. um, and they have two options. You can get the you know the stuff that really sticks or the removable, but the removable really, I mean, people rave about it. Designers, people who install wallpaper, they say this like depending on what you get, and it's not forever, which is great. Note to self, Kirsten, we're going to be contacting Spoonflower for a sponsorship. That is amazing. Well, and also also maybe to redo my dining room. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. Okay, well, Jen, we're going to check in with you again pretty quickly, but I'm glad to hear that things are on the up and up. When's your moving date? Holidays? Are we still going to be I said to the contractor, I said, can we be anticipating moving in over Thanksgiving? He said that is cautious that it's highly optimistic. So I'm going to say first week of December, however... New Year's Eve party at Jen's house? Maybe Super Bowl. (laughs) (laughs) St. Patrick's Day at Jen's. That's how it's going to roll. You were absolutely delightful. And those were some amazing tips. You just dropped some knowledge. I love, getting a, I love getting a, a look into a real life model. Okay, so y'all, if you've liked the show, thank you so much, one, for listening, for giving us your time. We just love our listeners and we love your emails. We love hearing from you guys. You guys are the best. Um, if you've liked the show, I think the best thing you can do to grow our little home, our community here is to tell a friend. Why aren't you telling your friends? I mean, we love telling people about the things we love. So tell a friend about a broadcast and uh, and just tell a friend about just podcasting in general. It's just such a great way to make laundry more fun, make dishes more fun, um, kill kind of those annoying habits by making them a little more fun with some entertainment. So please do tell a friend about the home hour if you've enjoyed the show. And again, we love our listeners. Thanks, guys, for giving us an hour of your day. And welcome home. Welcome home. <laughs>